You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to episode 43 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know. We'll do our best to change that. For exclusive first looks at Versus Mike History content, follow and subscribe to Versus Mike History and the Fanbase app. And any further information can be found at VersusMikeHistory.com. There's some things that are not comfortable for white people. They're not comfortable for them to talk about the possibility that Africans were here before the Europeans. So what do you do with the heads in Mexico that you find at San Lorenzo, at Tres Zapotes? What do you do with those? All right? You ignore them. What do you do with Columbus's diary that says the Africans know a way to the West, but it goes around the doldrums, we would never survive? What do you do with that? You ignore it. What do you do with Balboa's diary that says, we came upon this African village in the Isthmus? How did these Africans get here? What do you do with that? You ignore it. Why? To preserve the myth that the Europeans were here first. What do you do with all of this written literature and history that says that Abubakari II of Mali sent 200 ships to the west. One came back and said they were afraid that the others disappeared. And then to have Balboa in this village that looks just like Mali, where he was, what do you do with this information? You ignore it. You ignore it. Why? To preserve the myth of white superiority. That's what our whole educational process is devoted to. What do you do with this whole history? This is a written history, my dear, written. I'm not talking about hearsay. I'm not talking about a griot said this. I'm not talking about something handed down from one generation to the other through voice. I'm talking about written history of the Egyptians. What do you do with this? You ignore it. episode quite possibly the last episode of 2020 uh this is episode 43 like i said in the beginning and uh i'm happy to be here with you guys you know like it's been a very tumultuous journey to get here um i have some things to get into today as always um and you know um i think that i'm gonna take some time to reflect and um We'll talk about the year. 
all that's happened and um we're gonna end this one out very nicely and uh we're gonna even get some tunes at the end of the episode too so yeah so as always i'm gonna lead with love um i'm gonna take the shout out segment of this show to shout out everyone um over the course of the year i want to give a shout out to everyone who uh made it through this year uh whether you went through having covid or not um i want to give a shout out to all the listeners of the show thank you to everybody who joined me on this journey this year uh it was not tough i mean it was tough uh transitioning from doing episodes where I'm releasing an interview every episode to recording on my own. Um, It gave me a lot of insight on podcasting in general, and I do appreciate the experience, but it was definitely tough in the beginning. I want to give a shout out to everyone who uh, took the time out to come on the show and speak to me, whether that was prior to the pandemic or after um you guys taking the time out to come here and you know talk shit with me or uh promote this or give some insight on the process of creating whatever it may be that you are into is very um important to me and important to um it's important to me that i have the reach to reach people in order to influence them on other black creators and people in our communities who are doing good things so this is kind of like an overarching shout out to everyone uh you know we're gonna end the year on a good note and it has been a rough year you know we've we've lost people uh both in our personal lives and um in sports and in media and in every industry that we can possibly uh, think of. And this is for the resilient ones. You know, we made it out. But let's move forward with our Black Spotlight. So our Black Spotlight of the week comes from Black Enterprise this week. And um, a 17-year-old wins $400,000 for explaining quantum tunneling in science competition. The Breakthrough Prize Foundation has formally announced 17-year-old Miriam uh, Tiskey, excuse me if I'm not wrong, but um, 17-year-old Miriam Seagay has won the 6th Annual Breakthrough Junior Challenge Science Competition. The Breakthrough Junior Challenge is a global science competition that was created to inspire creative thinking about fundamental concepts in the life sciences, physics, and mathematics world. With the, uh, with the recent coronavirus gripping the world, this was the first time there was a new category on the science of pandemics. So I want to give a shout out to this young woman, Miriam, who won $400,000. Um, that is an extremely noble feat for something that you most definitely studied to earn. And um, I just want to shine a light on our black people being, uh, you know, superior and intelligent and powerful and getting the things that they deserve out of the time that they spent 
to get it. And yeah, we're going to get into some topics today because it's kind of a few things to get into. So let's go ahead and do that. Okay. Um, I probably should have started the episode with this, but um, happy Kwanzaa to everyone. You know, it is officially the season of Kwanzaa. Christmas has passed. Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates. But we are here and, you know, we're just going to get into some day two stuff of Kwanzaa really quickly. And I'm going to read some of this stuff off. <clears throat> All right. Now that we are at um, our current events or off the topics, I want to talk about Kwanzaa for a little bit. First and foremost, I want to wish everyone a happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everyone who celebrates and a happy second day of Kwanzaa. So we're going to get into this really quickly. The second day of Kwanzaa honors self-determination. Kuji Chagulia and is celebrated on December 27th. The second principle of Nagobo Saba, as well as all seven principles, expresses itself as both commitment and practice. On this second day, families are meant to light the red candle, although the order and number of colors can be flexible based on personal choice. The red candle is symbolic of the effort a person, family, or school, or community makes. The lesson is that we light the red candle to reinforce the value of work and effort. Frederick Douglass reminds us that if there is no struggle, there is no progress. Each person must ask him or himself three basic questions. Who am I? Am I really who I say I am? Am I all that I am I all that I ought to be? These are questions of history and culture, not simply queries or questions of personal identity. There are questions more profoundly, there are questions of collective identity based and born out in historical and cultural practice. And the essential quality of that practice must be the quality of self-determination. To answer the question of who am I correctly, then is to know and live one's history and to practice one's culture. You know, I said that I was going to make a more collective effort to celebrate Kwanzaa this year. It did get away from me, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to go ahead and blame the pandemic on that one, <clears throat> but that, um, that little segment comes from the Kwanzaaguide.com, And I really do feel it is important for us to tap into these, uh, cultural traditions simply because it makes us more whole as a people. And when we stand together on our values and we sit and we focus on the things that our ancestors have focused and placed value on in the past, then we uplift ourselves and make our community stronger. But now that we are past that, let's get into some more good news. <clears throat> so it was recently, um, so the bill was recently signed to restore the Pell Grant. And this has me very excited, you know. Um, something that has been going on since the 90s, well, since 1994, um, under the Clinton's crime bill was the fact that the majority of college, the, the majority of inmates in prison in this country would no longer have access to college education. And I feel in order for our prison industry to really see reform in any type of way, you must start with education. It must be some type of system in place in order for our inmates to have a chance at re, uh, rehabilitation in order to re-enter society because if we aren't rehabilitating our inmates then we are not doing anything to in order to improve society we're just putting a band-aid 
over a sword that's going to keep growing and spreading. <clears throat> that's first and foremost. And this is all outside of the the prison industrial system being corrupt and white supremacists and all of that. But we know these things. Um, I just want to read this tweet by... Um, man, I can't even find it now. But it was... Um, I wanted to read a tweet, but I cannot find it now. So I did want to shine a light on this, though, because it's very important to me. You know, um, it's important that black people have access to education everywhere, especially in prison. And, um, you know, the more likely we are to be educated, the more we are likely to break the generational cycles that were placed upon us due to slavery and other tragedies that came after. And yeah, um, I'm just really excited. You know, the Pell Grant is, is very important to prisoners everywhere. And after I saw the documentary, um, oh, I can't remember. I'm doing bad right now. But I there was a documentary on Net, there's a documentary on Netflix that um, profiles a few students um, in prison who are earning their bachelor's and their associate's degrees. And uh, this is through the Bard uh, Prison um, Institute. And, you know, this documentary profiled all of these amazing thinkers who are sitting in prison cells and who would love to live a life of prosperity and get back to their families and, you know, do good to society. Now that they've received this education that they didn't have access to, that led them down the path of being criminals um clearly this is something that i'm passionate about but i um you know it's just very important to me that we all have access to proper education let's go ahead and move on what's, what's what else is going on uh the nba is back yes sir the nba is back and um it's kind of crazy to me too to be perfectly honest because i feel like it was only it was only about three or four months that we went without basketball. And I I prefer basketball over other um, over pretty much all the other black dominant sports <laughs> out there. Um, so that's why I pretty much only talk about it on here. And, um, you know, I think that with all of the stuff that happened in free agency or all the things that's going on in free agency and um, all the trades that were made prior to the season starting and how the season is actually starting with these first couple of games that we're going to get a nice, uh, we're going to get a nice season of basketball. And I see a lot of people stepping up to be leaders that weren't leaders before. And it's really dope. Um, one thing that I am interesting, interested in seeing is how COVID plays a part in this upcoming season because um you know especially with all of the the issues or not issues but all the drama that's going on in Houston surrounding the James Harden trade and um some of his teammates being placed on quarantine and him being placed on quarantine after visiting a friend at a club um and you know yeah I just hope that they don't uh relax up on all of the progress that they made last season being so safe following in the NFL's footsteps because the NFL had such a rocky rollout to their season this year. And um, even though they're pretty much getting through it and we'll see the end of the season play out the way um, it typically does, 
um, it definitely wasn't a beacon of how you should um, organize your procedures when organizing a professional sport in a pandemic. And yeah, you know, so we watching ball. What else do we have? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, these year in lists, man. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of year in lists. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, but one of the year in lists that I, and it's funny too, that, um, I haven't seen a lot of year in lists because, you know, usually I like to spend this time of the year just reading people's bullshit lists because that's usually what they are. And, um, one of the main ones that I came across this year was BDOT's, you know, cause BDOT, he, he, he let that off. He let that off real quickly. And, um, for me, I don't know. It, it, it was very, very, very biased, <laughs> very biased. Um, I don't think that he, I don't, I don't, this is what I'll say. I respect BDOT's opinion in music. You know, he is one half of rap radar. The other half being Elliot Wilson. Those guys are vets in their respective lane. Um, but this list, let me read this off for you. So, uh, MVP, 10 best rappers of 2020. Number one being Freddie Gibbs, two being Conway, three being Benny the Butcher, four being Russ, five being Big Sean, six being Lil Baby, seven being Nas, eight being Drake, nine being Lil Wayne, and 10 being Stove God Cooks. And the caveat of based on skill, performance, and presence was added at the bottom, signed off by B. Miller. Um, honestly, I hate this list. <laughs> no disrespect to BDOT, but I hate this list. Um, it just shows everything that's going on. It just shows all the issues that we have in hip hop media. Um, first of all, it's completely biased. And I think that if you're going to release a, um, as a journalist, if you're going to release a, a list that's biased, you should, you should, uh, you know, you should say that before you release it instead of just saying like, oh, this is, you know, but I guess that's supposed to be implied. So, but whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like this list, though. You know, uh, I like Freddie Gibbs and Conway being on this list. Um, I like. No, I like Freddie Gibbs and Benny the Butcher being on this list. I do not like Russ being on this list. I do not like Big Sean being on this list. I do not like the fact that Lil Baby is at number six. That is completely completely insane it doesn't make any type of sense to me at all Nas is at number seven Drake is at eight Lil Wayne is at number nine Lil Wayne should not be on this list either Lil Wayne has had a good year he was rapping his ass off this year I'm not gonna lie about that but best rapper of the year one of the ten disagree stove God cooks look I love some stovey you feel me Griselda, those are my guys. Oh no, he's not Griselda. He's um he signed a bus. But uh the conglomerate, you know, big Buster fan. He's in my top ten, maybe top five. But Stove got Cooks being on this list, like, come on, man. Like it's just it takes away from the people who have seen success. And while I do want to give people the flowers who have that lyrical ability and who have been flexing that muscle all year. It just takes away from certain people who have done so much, you know, 
um, by putting a lot of influ- uh, by putting a lot of importance on one person on this list, it kind of takes away from a lot of accomplishments that other people who haven't made this list have done this year for music. And um, we shouldn't take that away, especially in the black community, because we always get shorted, always. You know, Nas being on this list, I'm not mad at that at all, um, because his album was fire. It indeed was. Drake being on this list, I mean, the guy, I mean, it speaks for itself. The demo tape earlier this year, it was pretty dope. Um, I wouldn't say that it was show-stopping in any type of way. And then we got the single with Dirk uh, in the summertime. But I don't think that Drake should be on this list either, man. Like, Drake is, he, he's good. He's he, he did have a good year. I'm not going to lie. But in terms of best rap year, no, nah, I'm just not seeing it. Uh, Lil Durk should be on this list for sure, along with Lil Baby. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion should definitely be on this list for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head because I refuse to make a list because I don't want to be grouped in with you guys. But, uh, you know, those are just a couple of the people who come to mind when I'm thinking about this off the top of my head. But, you know, I love to be that. It is his personal opinion. So I'm not going to stay on it for too long, but I do think that's just, I just think it's nuts, you know, but whatever. And, um, the last thing I want to talk about, it has, doesn't really have anything to do with black people, but it does inadvertently. Um, so the government is looking for ways to break Facebook up simply because they have too much goddamn power. And this is something that if you've used Facebook, for the last five to 10 years, you know, easily, you know, this is not something that has, has gone under that hasn't been noticed by any means. Facebook owns Instagram and WhatsApp. I think that through those two apps alone, they have, they pretty much have access to everyone on the planet who is living, you know, everyone in the developed world. I would say at the very least, um, it is a little, uh, monolithic in terms of power, um, and monarchish, I guess is a better word, but, um, this company is, it's just out of control. The reach that this company has and the accountability that, um, it's held to is non-existent. And I think that once these companies are separated, it will be for the better good of society. And Mark Zuckerberg, he's just a piece of shit, you know. And um, I don't know why he wants to embroach on our privacy and our livelihood so much. But he needs to work out those demons uh, however way he sees fit. Because this ain't it, you know. Um, it just ain't it. <laughs> Simply put. But yeah, let's go ahead and get into some new music. Because... A lot of music dropped, so let's talk about it. Um, I want to start the new music section by playing a song that I heard. I just came across recently that's, you know, literally just a nice little vibe. And I'm going to play a little bit of it because um, it's the last episode of the year and I'm feeling feeling cool. And um, yeah, I just want to hear it right now. <laughs> I'm not even going to give you guys some like this is a Kimi Casanova from Akeem Ali. 
I found this record on Twitter, and um, I recently I recently saw that he was also on the um, the eighty five South Show um, content video series, the uh, eighty eighty vibe, and um, you know, I thought it was dope. So let's let's hear a little bit of this. Uh, right on, baby. Right on. Can take you far, baby. You are now tuned in to the soft sounds of Kimi Casanova. Uh, Mac Daddy, let me get it started. Talk my shit better. Fat nigga on a fraternity. I'm a big stepper. I'm plain Jane. All y'all rock is designer. Bitches throw pussies at me. All I rock is vaginas. I just be laid back. All I got is recliners. I wouldn't join the neighbor shit. All I got is Rihanna. <laughs> you jive turkeys is frivolous. I'm a light disappointment. Slip your disc. Yo, this kid is dope. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a pimpin' the night. And he, and he can legitimately rap um, I'm excited to hear more from this guy too To be perfectly honest Like I said, the, the artist is Akeem Ali And the name of the song is Kimi Casanova But yeah, yeah, yeah I just think that song is really dope uh, That's something that I got on That I have in rotation currently Um, What else we got? We got uh, the fact that Lil Durk released his album The Voice that has been on spin for the past couple of days as well. He got um, he has what song on that album that I love? Jeez, man, I'm I I, I don't know. And this is a testament to how well Dirk has been rapping this year, truly. Because I wasn't, I haven't been a big fan of Chicago music. I'm not gonna lie, or or I would say modern Chicago music like the Keith era. Um. But Dirk has been rapping his ass off all year. And, um, you know, when I was listening to his album and this song came on, you know, it, it, it made me act a little a, a little ignorant. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna hold you. Rest in peace, King Von, man. We missing you. This ain't no G, this shit smoking, this shit thrust for real. This that shit that had you choking and got two could kill. Niggas chasing clout and claiming bodies they ain't do for real. And my bitch got ass shots, but I promise that this strap is real. This ain't no G, this shit smoking, this shit thrust for real. This that shit that had you choking and got two Yeah, man. Dirk has been rapping his ass off. B Dot, I don't know why you ain't put him on your list. I really don't know why. Um, I think it's just an old nigga thing. But it is what it is. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Playboy Cardi. The man Playboy Cardi has been teasing us with this whole lot of Red album for two whole goddamn years. And uh, it finally dropped. It finally dropped. Um, would I say that I'm a Playboy Cardi fan? I would not say that I'm a Playboy Cardi fan. But I will say that I do enjoy some of his music. For sure. Um, that is definitely undeniable. This album, I didn't listen to the whole thing yet, but I did hear, um, probably I would say a third or a fourth of it, the top of it. And what I did hear, I did enjoy, you know, uh, if you got an ear for Cardi, I think that you'll enjoy this album. If you do not, you will not. It's pretty much that simple. Um, I don't suggest that my avid hip hop listeners or my avid hip hop purists, go and try to put their ear to this album and find some type of uh crazy constructive criticism to 
break down the lyrics or because it ain't there you know it's it's vibes and, and cardi is more of a rock star than he is a rap star and that's just the truth but um ain't no problem with that you know we celebrating black music black culture all around um and that's pretty much all i got to say about cardi whole lot of red is out division dropped blessings which in which they sampled a church record um that's becoming a little bit more popular i don't really know how i feel about that but the byproduct of said trend has you know yielded some dope results this being a good example um but yeah what else we got oh g herbo he released a a single he uh it's called statement i think that he's gearing up for another release I'm really uh, excited to see what project he has next. And these Chicago guys, man, you know, their music has really been warming up to me. And I don't really care if you guys be like, oh, I've been a fan of Herb and Dirk since this era. Because, you know, that's your business. But, you know, as my as their sound progresses and advances, as it rightfully should, uh, I'm becoming I'm coming into the fold. And that excites me because, you know, you don't want artists to grow in advance and you still be on the outside hating like oh i can't get with that because back when it was this and that like no you got to give an artist a chance to grow that's just how i feel man um what else we got we got earth gang they released options featuring wale and tink she released her ep album i don't know what it is it's a project though uh and it is called a gift and a curse i love me some tink i think tink is from chicago too man chicago ran a release slate this week um at least in my eyes so shout out to tink and go ahead and listen to her project and uh yeah i think that's pretty much it with music man you know uh i'm excited because i'm think i'm it's it seems like we're gearing up for a really good year of music in 2021 really good year and um yeah so let's keep it moving with new television and movies um i did start watching a little bit i have been picking up my my viewing habits a little bit more not necessarily for you guys but just because it's starting to get to that season where um a lot a lot of production companies are starting to get back to work so there's going to be a lot more to watch going into the new year you know we got um we got wandavision coming up we got the new season of snowfall coming up we got all the stuff that all the other stuff that um disney plus announced we got the whole warner brothers movie slate coming to hbo max in 2021 so there's a lot to look forward to coming up one of the things that i watched recently though was wonder woman 84 and you know i'm extremely disappointed i really am because the film wasn't bad it really was not a bad movie. I can confidently say that. But it was a waste of time. A true waste of time. Um, I think that if you put this film before the first film, it doesn't do much for... it. it I think... Okay, I'll let me rewind. I think that this movie can barely be considered a sequel. Barely 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 like there was so much fleshed out with the character of diana in the first 
film with her interacting with so many different people in the time era that she in the era that she was in. And then in this era, it's like she's sulking. She's alone. She has this one coworker who isn't really even a coworker. She's just somebody that she just met, you know, that's around. And um, we have this other guy who just is down bad on his luck and come and has come across uh, a mystical stone that has that has the ability to grant him wishes. And all of this sounds like something out of a fairy tale or it sounds like something out of an animated episode of of a property of this caliber. You know, um, this movie just it was fleshed out. It was completely fleshed out. I will say that the ideas were there, but it just wasn't gripping. It wasn't interesting. Uh, I think that this film didn't lose anything from being released when it was that being Christmas. Um, and I don't think that this movie, this movie would have performed well if it was released in the summertime and there was no pandemic, it would have, it would have, um, done well in the box office, but the reviews still would be the reviews that we're getting now you know it essentially is still the same film and i like how they added that little christmas scene at the end of the film you know that wasn't there before but um you know it just for the mythos of wonder woman and the direction of what they're where they're trying to go with the character um there just isn't any story being developed there within that franchise it would be nice to see a story start from the first film and go into the third film but the only thing we've really gotten that has translated from the first film to the second film was her love for Trevor or Steve Trevor. And I just don't understand why that has been such an obsession, especially for a woman character. Like, why are we making her uh, the victim of being love obsessed when she's literally an Amazon, literally an Amazon, uh, all this knowledge of all of these things, such an interesting person, but has no friends because she spent literally spent decades and decades and decades being heartbroken and heart sick heart forsaken um and that's just how i feel about it you know i didn't really mean to go super into it like this but um it is fresh on my mind and i do think that it's a nice casual watch this movie i think will benefit from being released on hbo max first because people won't feel like they wasted their money to see it but um, all in all, I do think that it's a lackluster follow up to the original film one and two. Warner Brothers just dropped the ball with their franchises this year. Like they spent so much time doing the girl power and following the trends that at the end of the day, they got two films, two fr- two film franchises, um, that being Harley Quinn and Wonder Woman, where you have legitimately, where you have legitimate space for these characters to grow, where you have legitimate spaces for other characters to be introduced and developed, and you just aren't taking the time to do any of that things. You're looking at other franchises and you're trying to take away from the things that they've been successful in and try to add that to your thing. And once DC and Warner Brothers and AT&T gets away from all of that stuff, it will truly be a new day. 
in DC, um, in the DCEU. But until then, you know, we're going to keep getting lackluster presentations like Wonder Woman 84. And that's just what I have to say about that. Finally, I'm going to end on the note talking about Power Book 2. Ladies and gentlemen, it is official. I'm a power fan. It just is what it is. Um, I really like this show because there are a lot of things. There are a lot of different things to focus on. I'm not going to get into it, super into it, but uh, I'm not going to get super into details. But I like that there's so much going on so you can't really pinpoint how poorly a story is being told because if the story if the overarching story is bad there just isn't enough information for us to know that yet and that's what excites me about this show because um i get to be a fan of this franchise without necessarily being too large of a critique on it because i was such a large critique of the original power series um i thought that the concept was really good and it was casted very well but it was written horribly and especially towards the end of the show but power book two um takes a lot of the things that they um that they didn't get right in the original series and they try to fix them moving forward into the new series and all the new concepts and ideas that they're playing around with in the show i think are really cool you know i think it's, it's adding nice touches and concepts to a world that was has been being developed for years now and the fact that we're seeing it uh, move into this new space with new characters and you know, new power players and everything like that um, is truly being fleshed out. And, you know, they showed a little preview of uh, the next series that's coming after book two, which is Raising Kanan. And I think that um, that series is going to be really dope, too, because Kanan is such an interesting, interesting character. And um, I think getting to, getting into the psyche of how he is the way he is. Once we see him first in power, will be a very interesting, very interesting thing to see on film. So yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all I got for um, TV and movies this week. I've been watching Snowfall still. I'm on season two, but to get into season three, I just wanted to let that slow burn because I don't want to finish it so quickly before the new season came out. And I fully intend on watching Soul because I've seen so many good reviews about it so far. And I wish that I took the time to watch that movie on Christmas instead of watching Wonder Woman. But it is what it is. And um, that's pretty much it. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the episode here, though. As always, send topics, questions, music, and movie suggestions. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at VSMyKistory and on Instagram at VersusMyKistory and on the Fanbase app at VersusMyKistory. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike History and on Instagram at Last Name History. And as always, go to Versus Mike History for everything podcast related. VersusMikeHistory.com, excuse me. And I'll see you guys in the new year. It has been great. Stay beautiful, stay black, and goodbye.